This hour, the podcast is exclusively sponsored by my good friends at Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold is a five-star rated gold company with one-of-a-kind customer service. And when it comes to gold and precious metals, Advantage Gold is the only company I'll work with. Call Advantage Gold today and make sure you let them know that Mark Levin sent you. And now, let's begin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Two great guests later in the show, Steve Baker, Blaze Media reporter, who was arrested today, Mr. Producer, by the Biden regime, by an all-powerful expanding police state. And he's going to come on the program and explain exactly what took place and what happened on January 6th because this is so out of control, so completely out of control. And of course, the media are defending him, not, nothing, crickets. So I want to get into that and we have a guest in the third hour. He's a conservative. Of course, they're smearing him. The rhinos are smearing him in Utah who is running for the United States Senate to replace Romney. Sooner the better. Sooner the better. So there's a lot to cover. I want to start with these legal cases, and we're going to move into the immigration issues. A lot going on today with that. I want to go on to Joe Biden now wants to airlift aid into Gaza. No other place on the face of the earth, by the way. He doesn't want to airlift aid to the Uyghurs. He doesn't want to airlift food to the people in Syria. He doesn't want to airlift food. It's, it's Gaza. So Joe Biden has finally made his decision. He will be on the side of evil against good. He will be on the side of terrorists against democracy. He will be on the side of his Islamist base led by Talib and other Jew haters and America haters. Um, and I just hope people take this into consideration. This is a huge moral decision whether you're going to stand with terrorists or not. 
Joe Biden stood the white supremacists, segregationists, and racists. And now he stands with terrorists. As I said the other day, October 7th was backed by Iran. It was Iran's idea, but it was paid for by Joe Biden. We're going to discuss all these things, by the way, on Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday. We also have our Sunday show, Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, same time, same place. If you're not sure if you're going to be able to watch it live, please go ahead and set your DVRs, because these are two killer shows. Sunday show, we're going to have Chip Roy and Ted Cruz. And on Saturday's show, in my opening, I make a strong defense of America's founding in Christianity. Because if I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. Let's be honest. Now, we have an interesting, a very interesting decision out of the D.C. Circuit. Now, I don't know who was on the three-judge panel, and that makes all the difference in the world, because it's become a very radical circuit. But I suspect that for the most part, it was not the radical judges. And this is how ABC News writes at Alexander Malin, a D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals panel issued a ruling really recently, late this afternoon, that could impact scores of prison terms handed down to rioters convicted and sentenced for joining the January 6, 2021 assault on the U.S. Capitol. That's their sentence. Because a lot of the people in prison didn't assault anything or anyone. And I've been behind this microphone condemning even a judge that I've known for decades for the kinds of sentences that they've been issuing against these people. Way out of line. Way, way, way out of line. And no, I'm not talking about people who assault cops. I'm talking about the vast majority of those that are put in prison who didn't assault cops. The three-judge panel ruled that defendants convicted of obstructing the congressional certification had received improper enhancements of their sentences from district court judges who determined their actions amounted to, quote, substantial interference with the administration of justice, unquote. The challenge to the enhancement was brought in the case of convicted rioter Larry Brock, as they write, who was sentenced in 2023 to two years in prison for his felony conviction of obstructing Congress's work. In their ruling, you know, most of these people have not been able to get a fair shake. The judges are treating them like it's assembly line. They barely even listen to their cases. I've had people observing this and getting back to me. It's just one after another after another. Judges are barely awake while they're listening to these cases. It's, it's, it's a disgusting spectacle. In their ruling, the panel of judges upheld Brock's conviction, but ordered the district judge overseeing his case to resentence him and remove the enhancement he had previously included, which in many instances has paved the way for judges to increase the lengths of prison terms for rioters for more than a year. And many of them are not rioters. Let's be blunt. Many of them are quote-unquote trespassers. But ABC News is not a real news organization. So many of these people have gotten enhanced sentences. Substantial interference with the administration of justice. Why? Because they didn't substantially interfere with the administration of justice. Some of them were roaming around in the Capitol building. Some of them were waved in 
to the Capitol building by security. Did absolutely nothing. Some of them were there literally for minutes and turned around and left. And they got enhanced sentences. And they're ruling the panel of judges again. They ordered the judge in Brock's case, and I suppose in the rest of the cases, uh, to look at these enhanced sentences and to reverse them. It's not immediately clear, they write, whether the Justice Department plans to appeal the ruling. That is to the full, pan- the full court. You see, they, would, they didn't afford Donald Trump that right. And they ruled on the immunity issue. It had go straight to the Supreme Court, and he had six days. But now, of course, the government, and that includes the court, will not do the same thing to itself. So they may appeal it to the full court. Could impact scores of cases already handed down by judges in cases where they accepted similar enhancements recommended by prosecutors. Basically, what you're getting are rubber stamp judges with the prosecutors. In Washington, D.C. This is why one of the key things that the House Judiciary Committee must look into, and if the Senate goes Republican, that committee must look into, and it's something I'm going to be pushing very, very hard, is breaking up the cabal of judges in Washington, D.C., breaking up their jurisdiction. There's no reason for this. None. And because... All these cases right now are funneled through the most liberal district courts, the most liberal circuit court. Congress has the power under the United States Constitution to break that up. Because these district courts and the circuit court in Washington, D.C. were all created by Congress. The number of judges on these courts created by Congress. They write, the argument boils down to whether the administration of justice enhancement should apply to the congressional proceedings that were disrupted during the January 6th attack. Prosecutors have argued the statute fits, quote-unquote, comfortably with the certification as it involved Congress's performance of duties required by law. While defense attorneys have insisted and argued it should narrowly apply to judicial or grand jury proceedings. They're talking about this obstruction in part under the Enron law, which has all gone all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court needs to address it because nothing fits comfortably within that. Nothing. So if Congress wants to pass a new law or change the law, it can do it. But prosecutors, the Department of Justice, and rogue judges cannot. The appeals court panel agreed with Brock's argument, ruling administration of justice does not extend to the unique congressional function of certifying electoral college votes. The plain, natural, ordinary meaning of the phrase administration of justice is the governmental process of investigating, determining, and enforcing the legal rights of persons, the panel said. Yeah, this definitely was not a panel of a bunch of wide-eyed leftists on this court. The ruling comes as the Justice Department is preparing to make its case before the Supreme Court to not overturn a key felony obstruction charge used against hundreds of rioters and protesters that defense attorneys have argued stretches beyond what the statute intended. It clearly does. It clearly does. The Enron obstruction issue dealing with, you know, the destruction of documents by executives in anticipation of investigations and congressional hearings has absolutely nothing to do with what took place on January 6th. And every one of these damn judges know it. 
They wish it did, so they rewrite the statute. These are supposed to be judges. They're supposed to be referees. Arguments over the obstruction of an official proceeding charge, which is also among the charges special counsel Smith brought in his indictment against former President Trump, are scheduled for next month. So you can see that what Jack Smith has done, what the Biden administration has done, is they've raised all these issues and they've created all these constitutional confrontations. Taking a statute that dealt with Enron, executive corporations that are under investigation or potentially under investigation, potential hearings in front of Congress, they destroy the materials and so forth. So Congress passes this law narrowly focused on these kinds of business activities and they apply it to Trump and they apply it to these protesters. It has nothing to do with it. Zero. And every one of these damn district court judges swallowed it whole and then went, went beyond. Prosecutors going, we need an enhancement. These people were trying to prevent the actual electoral college from being voted on. Okay. Even if you're right, which you're not, since it wasn't an insurrection, since nobody's even been charged with violence, In fact, only a handful have been charged with an insurrection, which has only been used since the damn Civil War. Even, even the Puerto Rican independence nationalist movement, which from the House gallery shot numerous members of the House of Representatives, one in the chest, they were not even charged with insurrection. How many people were shot by the insurrectionists, quote-unquote, on January 6th? Not one. Some insurrection. Even the insurrection statute doesn't apply. Even the sedition and conspiracy commit sedition. They didn't apply. Not a single, on the books, in the criminal code, charge involving violence except those who actually harm police officers, were charged. These were trespassers at a maximum. The overwhelming majority, and they've gotten prison sentences. And they've had enhanced sentences on obstruction, on an obstruction statute that doesn't even fit what they did. Now that's before the Supreme Court because Jack Smith pushed the issue. Immunities in front of the Supreme Court because Jack Smith pushed the issue. The speed with which these trials are to be held was, was before the Supreme Court, which rejected it because Jack Smith pushed the issue. The issue of whether you can charge a president with a violation of the Espionage Act, which clearly wasn't intended, because Jack Smith pushed the issue. The lack of due process for Donald Trump when it came to attorney-client privilege in the documents case. Because Jack Smith pushed the issue. And now Jack Smith drags his sorry ass down to Florida. And he and his people tell U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon. Well, you know, um, we don't think when we're interviewing jurors through this process... Wadir and so forth, that Trump's lawyers should be able to ask anybody about their voting records. Why? 
because Jack Smith wants to take all rights, all processes away. He wants to have a jury not of Trump's peers, but of his making. He wants to create the process by which Donald Trump would be tried. He has burned the Constitution in a thousand different ways. And I want to get into what took place in Florida because it's not getting enough attention when we come back. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them, and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. All right, America. So in the Florida courtroom, let me just step back from this. This is a judge who's painting by the numbers. In other words, she's doing her job. Good, bad, or indifferent. Unlike the judges in the D.C. Circuit, unlike the Democrat judges in New York. And so she's come under a blistering attack from the truly sickening leftist propagandists that populate most of the American media. I've never seen anything like this. Again, historically, if you read about the French Revolution and you read about the justice, quote unquote, that took place blood in the streets for 10 years in an effort not not just to overthrow the king and so forth but to destroy the society this is as close as it gets with the guillotine the guillotine was working day and night for years phony trials off with their head that's where it comes from that's what's taking place here it's all dressed up as a justice system as I said a Potemkin justice system But the rush to do these things, to undermine tradition, to cut corners on the Constitution, and why? Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, 
a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. The Trump team of lawyers contained objections from the Smith team regarding the voting records of potential jurors. Why is that? Is that relevant? Seems to me it is. On page 10, the team sought to have questions such as, are you registered to vote? Are you registered with a particular party? And did you vote in 2020 presidential election? Removed from the questionnaire that would be presented to potential jurors. Those questions, according to the document were proposed to the judge by the former president's lawyer. Why is that a problem? The proposal from Trump did not specifically ask what candidate the potential juror voted for in 2020, just the political party. Another suggestion from the Trump team was to check all that apply from what news outlets they read and to rank all that apply. The special counsel's team wanted sections of that redacted too. So what the special counsel doesn't want is for President Trump's lawyers to figure out if people who are going to sit in judgment of Trump, what party, or if they're even registered to vote, if they voted in 2020, and what news entities they watch. Why is that a problem? Wouldn't you want to know that, ladies and gentlemen, if your liberty and your life is on the line? As for the former president's lawyers, they objected to a Smith proposal. Have you read about or heard about the FBI's execution of a search warrant at the Mar-a-Lago Club in August 2022? They also wanted this line removed. Have you seen, read about, or heard about any statements by Mr. Trump about his investigation? President Trump's attorneys also wanted to include the line, an indictment is not evidence. It is a document that sets forth the charges. Now, why do they want this? Because... What Smith has done in the indictments, they call these talking indictments, and they're highly inappropriate. Is he basically gives uh, political opinions. And so Trump's lawyers say they want to include this line. An indictment is not evidence. It's a document that sets forth the charges made against a defendant. It's an accusation. It may not be considered as any evidence whatsoever of a defendant's guilt. Can you think of any reason that would interfere with your ability to follow and apply this principle of law? What is wrong with that? Mr. Smith and his prosecutors objected. They also objected to a line that sought to determine if the juror had, quote-unquote, negative views about a certain politician. What's wrong with that? Later on, prosecutors objected to whether the jurors are familiar with two of President Trump's co-defendants. Now, he's charged him with 41 felonies over nothing. Nothing. And so the judge has these issues. She has motions to deal with. 
And so, of course, uh, we have the prosecutor. He says, hey, look, we're ready to go in early July. Let's get going with this thing. For crying out loud, we have endless resources. You know, we've got all this stuff going on. Let's go. The Trump lawyers said, look, we might be ready in August. But we, we actually need time to go through everything to defend our client. Uh, and, uh, you know, address the motions. The judge has to make decisions on motions, which impacts how they're going to respond. And so she hinted that the trial may not start in May. And just look at what this guy, Jack Smith, is doing. How he's forcing all these courtrooms to deal with his demands. And should they not accede to his demands, then these judges and justices will come under attack. They'll be pressured. But what's the, what's the well, you know, we need to know before the, before the election. Don't they prove that this whole thing is intended to interfere with the election? The more they say that, we need this done before the election. We have a right to know. And every one of these 91 charts, every single one of them is bogus. The Klan Act, the Enron Act, the Federal <coughs> Contractors Act, excuse me. The Espionage Act, obstruction of the Espionage Act, RICO statute, federal election laws used by a local prosecutor to try and create state felonies. They're all way outside the bounds. And you're supposed to be very careful to not interfere with elections. You're supposed to be very careful when you go after a former president and a presidential candidate. You're supposed to be very careful not to do damage to the constitutional system. And yet they're doing all these things. All of them. Listen to this from Newsbusters, one of the great sites of all time. Supreme Court says, all right, we're going to take up this issue of immunity. I mean, after all. It is a major constitutional issue, and it requires some attention. And so the media outlets are furious because they have a timeline. And their timeline is Biden's timeline. And Biden's timeline is to get this done, defeat Trump, so the Republicans don't even have a nominee. Think about that. What happens if Donald Trump is the nominee, which he will be? August passed. We're now in September, October, November. One of these... Trials goes on. One of these juries finds Donald Trump guilty of something. And then the prosecution says, okay, now sentence him. So the incredible interference in the election and the outcome that they want is not just the imprisonment of Donald Trump, but the Republicans won't even have a candidate for president, for God's sakes. I'm the first one to mention this. What are they going to do? Hold another convention? On Halloween, what are they going to do? They're not even set up for something like this. And Biden knows it. Which is why Biden's keeping the public pressure on. Trump is a dictator. Trump threatens democracy. It's an existential threat. Trump's, excuse me, Biden's surrogates in the media. Biden's surrogates in the Democrat Party. His surrogates. Pushing the same agenda. So the Supreme Court says, let's take a look at this. Oh, my God, it's the mega court. So now we literally have radical leftists in the media 
Never Trumpers in the media. Elected members, Democrats in Congress, trashing the justices for doing their job. Now, they'll be perfectly happy if they rule against Trump. Then it'll be, oh, good, well, that's good, yeah, that's great. They shouldn't have taken it anyway. I mean, we had this fast track. We got the meathead judges in D.C. who were doing what we wanted them to do. They were short-circuiting it, fast arguments, no full appeal to the court. Uh, They had seven days, six days to get to the Supreme Court. Now, the Supreme Court slowed it down for a couple of months. Man, we can't have that. We have a right to know if Donald Trump is a crook or not. The whole thing is geared to election interference. George Stephanopoulos, John Carl, Dan Abrams, David Muir, Devin Dwyer, Kate Shaw, Laura Jarrett, all Democrats. And if they're not Democrats, they should be. But we know what George Stephanopoulos is. Not only is he a dwarf, but he's a hateful, lousy, puke Democrat. Born out of the Clinton White House. His anti-woman war room that George Stephanopoulos headed. So, of course, that was a resume enhancement for ABC that hired him. He's a punk. John Carl who's made more money off of trashing Trump in books. Another punk, Dan Abrams, who founded Mediaite, a lousy low-IQ website for prebubescent low-IQ leftists. Dan Abrams, the Jerry Springer of Court TV. Dan Muir, another leftist, and so forth and so on. Listen to this montage. ABC News, NBC News, and the rest of them. Here's Newsbusters. Cut 10, go. We begin with the Supreme Court agreeing to hear Donald Trump's claim that he is immune to prosecution on federal charges of attempting to overturn the 2020 election. That puts his trial on hold, serving the former president's strategy of pushing his trials Uh, past the presidential election. Excuse me, excuse me, dummy. What do you expect Trump to do, to roll over and play dead? Yes, yes, I'll do whatever you want. Yes, yes, I won't raise serious constitutional objections. Yes, yes, forget about due process, attorney-client privilege. Whatever you want, government. Whatever you want, prosecutor. Listen to how stupid these people are. And as I said, and as I said this morning on Fox and Friends, and as I've said to you behind this microphone, they better hope Trump wins that case. Because if he doesn't, and he does become president under whatever circumstances, then he can go after Joe Biden for his criminal acts. In terms of violating the Espionage Act, the precedent will be set. Violating immigration laws, the door will be wide open. Wide open. And the imbecile defense won't work. There's enough probable cause here to charge Joe Biden with a hundred felonies. Right, Georgie? You schmuck? Go ahead. Deciding to take up the issue of presidential immunity, the Supreme Court has effectively delayed the most far-reaching criminal case against Donald Trump. The delay is already something of a Trump victory, raising the real possibility that the trial could be pushed back until after the You see, You see, the baseline is the government should get what it wants and the court's should accommodate the government. After all, we're all the same party. Just listen to the media. And they all say the same thing. 
You know where they'll be this weekend? They'll all be at the same cafes. They'll all be at the same social events. They'll all be patting each other on the backs. They'll all be shaking their heads about Donald Trump and the toxic cauldron that follows him around and supports him. Sickening, isn't it? This is why the media is dying. This is why everybody hates the media. This is why CNN is on the brink. MSNBC and NBC would be on the brink, but for the fact that Comcast, you know, supports them, funds them. All these media outlets would go broke, except for Fox. Go ahead. Election. With this delay, even if the trial was able to happen before the election, it would likely take place against the backdrop of the political conventions later in the summer or in the heat of the fall campaign, possibly, George, after voters in several states have already started casting their ballots. Yeah, we can't have that. No, no, no. Look, we've got all these 91 charges. We've got them out of Alan Bragg, Democrat DA, corrupt. We've got them out of Atlanta. Fanny and her Willis, corrupt. We've got the January 6th stuff, corrupt. We've got the Espionage Act, never used it, corrupt. Come on now, 91 charges, we've done anything we can. You know, we impeached the guy twice, we had a criminal investigation of the guy, and here, there's no way he's going to escape New York and Atlanta and Washington, D.C. and what we're doing in Florida. No way! Now, come on now. Trump shouldn't put up a defense. He shouldn't be, have a right to an appeal. No, 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 no. We've got this all set up in Washington, D.C., and there comes along the Supreme Court. They want to take a look at this. Now, who sounds like Putin and the Stalinists? Who is it that's anti-democratic, a.k.a. anti-Republican Constitution? And listen to this media. That's the state-run media. That's what I wrote about in Unfreedom of the Press. That's what I wrote about in The Democrat Party Hates America. Listen to this scum. And that's what they are. They're scum. Go ahead. This question of of immunity is not likely to be a close call. They're going to rule against Donald Trump there. So why take it? This really is all about the clock. Who said that? Stephanopoulos? What kind of a punk is this guy? So why take it if you're going to rule against him? What, what is he? He's a tyrant. Mr. Producer, I know it's, it's almost hopeless. Would you invite George Stephanopoulos onto the program? Go ahead. This has always been about the clock. And now this is a really big win for Donald Trump. Practically, there is absolutely no uh, way. Shut up, you morons. It's just one stupid after another. It's not a big win for Donald Trump when he has to go to the Supreme Court to appeal a decision by a lower court. How is that a big win? The timing! The timing! We reprobates, low IQ Democrat. It's the timing! If they rule against Donald Trump, they'll be thrilled. And in the end, if they rule against Donald Trump, I predict right now that Joe Biden could well be indicted when he leaves the presidency. Because special counsel Her gave us a thousand different ways to do it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them, and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. But just very quickly, yes or no, should Trump's classified document case go to trial, do you think, before November? I think all of the cases should be dealt with before November. We need to know what's going to happen before it ha- before the presidency happens, because after that, should he become president, I don't think any of it's going to get heard. My God, ladies and gentlemen, she's the worst of the worst chameleons. She's all in with attacking the Constitution, our justice system, our republic. They should all be heard before November. What about the constitutional issues? What about due process? What about the motions? Doesn't matter. Nikki wants it all heard before November. Because we need to know where we stand, America. So she's now a mouthpiece for Jack Smith, for Alvin Bragg, for Fannie Willis. She's now a mouthpiece for the United States Department of Injustice. She's now a mouthpiece for Joe Biden, who wants exactly the same thing. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is a mouthpiece for what's being done to our justice system, for the police state, Democrat district attorneys, Democrat special counsel, Democrat cities, Democrat juries, Democrat judges. Nikki Haley's all in. She is a desperate politician. For relevance, and she's going to the media. That is a clip put out by NBC News for this Sunday. Kristen Welker. They don't even have an audience. But Nikki Haley won't come on this program. I can't say I blame her. But she's all in, America, with destroying our Constitution because she's going to save the country. I know this. Just read the Wall Street Journal editorial page. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
America. Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. A reminder, this Saturday, Life, Liberty, and Levin, by my calculation, tomorrow night, Robert Greenway and law professor Stephen Calabrese. Greenway and I are going to expose the extent and depth to which this administration is in bed with Iran and the terrorists in the Middle East and the Islamists in our own country. You're not going to want to miss it. Professor Calabrese has really been the point of the spear, laying out in numerous instances, including filings with several courts, that the appointment of Jack Smith is unconstitutional violation of the Appointments Clause, as well as the other violations that are involved. And he, like I, uh, worked for Attorney General Ed Meese. He was a special assistant and is a brilliant professor. You've never seen him on TV. I'm sure after I have him on, you'll see him everywhere. It's the nature of the beast. But you're not going to want to miss Saturday. And Sunday, we really have a dynamic duo. Obviously, I give my opening statement, followed by Chip Roy, and then followed by Ted Cruz. It'll be a killer Sunday show, too. But, Mark, I don't know where I'll be. That's why we have DVR. Set your DVR now while you're thinking about it, because I'm mentioning it. Uh, for Saturday and Sunday, two very powerful shows. And I'll continue to do these shows if you want me to. If you don't, well, there's other things to do, of course. But we try to do the very best we can. Also, coming up in about 10 or 15 minutes, we have a gentleman who's been targeted by the Biden Justice Department and their criminal police state system, who's a reporter for The Blaze. He's putting handcuffs and leg irons today. And then he was released, but they intend to imprison him. And I want to have him on the program. You can hear from him about January 6th, about his reporting, and about what the Biden regime intends to do with him. You know, it's a funny thing. They talk about Putin, this regime, and dissidents, and people have a right to speak out. And yet, the Biden regime is as close to a Stalinist, Putin-like regime in America that we've ever had, ever, ever. And I include the period during the Civil War. It's just shocking. Catherine Herridge now has been held in contempt by an Obama-appointed judge because she won't turn over information. She will not reveal sources. She was targeted by CBS News. She had all her files taken, but under pressure, they finally gave it back to her. That's never been done before by a so-called news organization, but it was done by CBS. CBS doesn't come under any criticism. The Biden administration doesn't come under any criticism. Now, a federal judge, also appointed by Obama, because these Obama judges are thugs. They're political thugs. They're like Putin judges. And he's held her in contempt, and he's fining her personally $800 a day. If that doesn't work, let me tell you what he's going to do. He's going to ratchet up the fines and then at some point put her in jail. She's the only reporter they're going to do this to. Why? Because she calls it straight. She worked at Fox, then CBS. CBS cut about two dozen people. They targeted her. That's a way of covering up what they're actually doing. Held all of her information, including all her contacts, all her files, which is not the way it works. They belong to the reporter. They do not belong to the corporation. And then, as I say, under pressure, CBS buckled. They talk about saving democracy. They talk about free speech. It's sickening what these people do. 
I'll give you another example. Joe Scarborough is obsessed, if not enamored, with Adolf Hitler. He is. I want you to listen to this. Let's see, Mr. Producer. I'm trying. Oh, cut three. Cut three. Go. It's for his own benefit. And again, when he talks about whether it's vermin using Hitler's terminology. Vermin is not just Hitler's terminology. Joe, you don't know anything about Hitler. If you did, you'd quit being a Democrat. Hitler picked up eugenics from the Democrats. Hitler picked up propaganda from a guy named Benyard. Who was a propagandist, he and his people, for Woodrow Wilson, the Democrats. How do we know this? Hitler said so. Why do you keep mentioning Hitler and Donald Trump? Because he uses the word vermin? Why don't, you, why don't you raise objections to your own party, the Democrat Party, your new brothers and sisters, who are filled with Islamist, Jew-hating individuals like Talib? Why don't you object to that? There's your Hitler. How come you don't call Talib Hitler? How come you don't call Bernie Sanders Hitler? Same damn thing. Why don't you do that? Because they're right in front of us. I'm not going to play any more of it. I just feel bad for the guy. He's destroying whatever reputation he had. I know they're paying him millions and millions of dollars at MSNBC like they are Michael Steele, like they are all these reprobates. But is it worth it? Because in the end, when history is written and you have a legacy, it's going to be a disaster. You're on the wrong side of history. You're on the side of evil against good. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with Donald Trump. But your rhetoric and your propaganda is outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Listen to this idiot Chris Murphy at CNN when it comes to the invasion on our border. And yes, it's an invasion. Oh, no, you can't use the word invasion. Remember what I discussed yesterday? Chapter 4. Democrat Party hates America, words you must not use, values you must not express, beliefs you must not hold. You cannot call an invasion an invasion. Oh, I don't know. Over 10 million people coming into our country in two and a half years sounds like an invasion to me. Doesn't sound like a parade. This guy, Chris Murphy, complete lowlife. On CNN, of course, which is filled with low lives. But the good news is apparently there's a real cost cutter over there who's worried about their ratings. Shocking, I think. Isn't CNN owned by AT&T or something like that? They have no ratings. Cut one, go. Well, I mean, first of all, this invasion rhetoric is just absolutely disgusting. It's xenophobic. It's racist. Go to Ukraine. Shut up, you a-hole. Xenophobic and racist. We have an invasion taking place. I don't know about these people on Capitol Hill. They're protected by an army of police officers now, by gates, by metal detectors. They're protected like nobody else. From the crime that swirls around them in Washington, D.C. From the crime that swirls around the average citizen in Washington, D.C. From the carjacking, from the muggings, from the murder. From the illegal immigration. And there they stand in the ivory halls of the Capitol building. The one man who's brought this up over and over again, who's trying to deal with it, Donald Trump. First, he's Hitler. Can't use that word, vermin. 
Then he's xenophobic. Then he's racist. And all the rest of us, all the rest of you, a toxic cauldron of whatever it is. Just let your country die. Isn't it amazing? You can go to black communities in our inner cities all over the country. They will call this an invasion. You can go to white communities all over our country. They will call it an invasion. You can go to gentrified communities. You can go to diverse communities. They all call it an invasion. You dare not use that word ever because then you're a racist. Who says that? Chris Murphy. Who the hell is he? He's a nobody. He's a low-life politician. He spent his entire life as a slip-and-fall lawyer, as an ideological partisan, as a punk politician, and he dares to lecture the rest of us? You jerk! You're the racist! You've got more slavery going on on the southern border than we've had since the end of the Civil War! And most of the people who are being enslaved are not from Switzerland! They're not from Denmark! They're not from the Netherlands! They're from the Third World, you jerk! He says nothing about the slavery that's it. Don't use the word invasion. Where are the 85,000 children that have gone missing, Mr. Murphy? You creep. You're the racist. You're a racist. Your party is racist. Your party's always been racist. You're a bigot. You've always been a bigot. And your party's always been bigoted. And the inhumanity, the sex slavery, the child slavery, the labor, labor slavery taking place on the southern border. You jerk, Chris Murphy. That's at your feet. That's at your feet. Open your big mouth and tell us why you're defending slavery on the southern border. Tell us. Unbelievable. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, as most of you know, I'm a founder of Conservative Review TV, and uh, we purchased, effectively, Blaze Media, and it became Blaze Media as we joined our forces. We have a fantastic, fantastic digital TV platform with fantastic hosts like my buddy Glenn Beck and so many others. And we do their investigative reporting, documentaries, all kinds of cool stuff if you haven't checked it out. 
And there's a gentleman by the name of Steve Baker, who's an investigative journalist with Blaze Media, a reporter for Blaze Media. I've never talked to Steve Baker in my life. I don't know him, but many of you have heard of him now because today he was put in handcuffs and shackles as he voluntarily turned himself over to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. He's a reporter. And I wanted to have Steve Baker on the program to tell us what happened to him today. We'll do this backwards. And then what he did on January 6th to result in what took place today. Steve Baker, how are you, sir? I'm good, Mark. Thanks for having me. What happened to you today? Well, my day began uh, as the most unusual day of my life. At 7 a.m., I presented myself to two special agents with the Federal Bureau of Investigation who then began the process of uh, patting me down, fingerprinting me. Uh, I've never been fingerprinted in my life. And then they put me in cuffs, put me in a car, took me over to the federal courthouse in downtown Dallas, Texas, where they handed me off to the United States Marshals, who then uh, proceeded to put me in uh, leg chains and... uh, uh, nothing like it I've ever experienced. I was I thought that I was emotionally prepared for that. I thought that I because I, I, I had a, an inkling that this could take place, and I um, I will tell you, Mark, I, I I was not emotionally prepared for that. And just in the the five hours or so that my life was literally in bonds, in bondage, and in, in a cage, I um, I realized how. Uh, important our liberty is. Were you brought before a judge? I was. I was taken before a magistrate uh, to uh, basically it was, you know, it was the um, to have the, the criminal complaint read to me and to have the charges read to me and then to make sure I understood all that it, it meant legally and then to also have the um, uh, probationary restrictions that I have to live under for the next several months until there's a trial or I take a plea deal, whatever the case may be. And uh, after that, I was put back in the pen again, back in a cage where I was held for at least another hour while they waited for the paperwork because there was no request from the government whatsoever to detain me. And so um, the U.S. Marshals certainly couldn't, t- they couldn't take the leg chains off of me until they had the paperwork from the judge um, uh, verifying that they were not going to detain me. How old are you? I'm 63. You think you can outrun the uh, U.S. Marshals? <laughs> uh, well, the, the long reach of the law, I don't think so, but... Uh, uh, have you ever been charged with a felony before? I've never been charged with any crime before. Mm-hmm. Other than a speeding ticket. Mm-hmm. But I mean, anything major, you have an absolutely clean record, correct? 100%. And you've been a patriot supporting this country for a long, long time, haven't you? Yes, sir, I have. Mm-hmm. What happened on January 6th to warrant leg irons, handcuffs, um, being brought to the courthouse by the FBI and then the U.S. Marshals and sitting in a cage for five hours today? What what caused all this? Well, I actually uh, uh, 
went to the Capitol to report on the event that was happening, the, the big rally that was called by the president at the time. And I actually, uh, I went to the event with another writer of some esteem, somebody that you know, and uh, that you're friendly with. And that uh, once we arrived in the morning of the 6th, we just did what we were doing. We, we, we were just observing. Now, I brought my camera, I bought a tripod, I bought a man on the street microphone. I intended to do some interviews that day and then come home and we would write our respective stories. But uh, what ended up happening, as you know, is the event uh, moved from the ellipse. It moved over to the Capitol. And those were and there were scheduled events there that day. Let's make sure that America knows that these these people weren't storming the Capitol by intent because the president said that we're going to march peacefully and patriotically over there. The reason he said that is there were six licensed, permitted events by the Capitol Police itself on the Capitol grounds. So people knew this. There were flyers available about that online and had been for weeks. And so we knew that as well. So we started moving that direction. Well, by the time uh, we got to the Capitol, things were going awry and there was a melee beginning. And I looked at my um, colleague and I said, well, that's where we're going. We went up there. I turned my camera on. The first thing my camera captured, Mark, was people on both sides of the battle line on the Lower West Terrace receiving first aid. And from that point forward, for the next hour, I did my best to catch as many um, important images as I can. The, the story continued to move. This time the story moved up to the Upper West Terrace, and then the story moved into and inside the Capitol itself. And myself, as did 60 other journalists that we have documented thus far, went in through open doors or breached windows and followed that story. But as it is right now today, the only journalists who have been prosecuted for entering that building that day, doing their jobs as journalists, have been those whose voice tends to lean towards the right as opposed to the left. Not one single leftward-leaning journalist has been arrested yet. So you were... Arrested, charged, put in shackles, put in jail for hours at a time because as a journalist, you were following the group. You went into the Capitol building. Did you damage anything? Did you attack anybody? Did you break anything? No. In fact, my charges are the four basic misdemeanor charges that um, all of the lower level defendants are having to contend with. Um, There's only one charge that has any merit whatsoever. It says knowingly entered and remained in a restricted building or grounds without lawful authority. But see, Mark, you you know this is much better than I do. We're going to take a break. I want to pick up from here just because it's a hard break. Four charges. We're going to go over them and we're going to continue. Be right back with Blaze Media reporter Steve Baker in a moment. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. 
Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. By the way, I want to thank the folks at Fox and Friends this morning. Very gracious production team. Kill me, terrific. They actually allow me to speak. And I've decided, and I told all our people around here, when I'm done radio at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Mr. Producer, I don't want to do any more media. So I don't want to go on Fox after 9, and I'm not going to. Early in the morning, I'm up very early anyway, so that doesn't bother me. I'm going to start limiting our appearances and limiting our availability, not, not out of any spite or anything like that, just out of, you know, self-protection, because you can only do so much in the course of 24 hours. All right, let's get down to business here. So, Stephen Baker, let's pick up with the four charges against you. Tell us again what they're charging you with and that one in particular that you wanted to highlight. Yeah, the the first charge is knowingly entering or remaining in a restricted building or grounds without lawful authority. The second charge is disorderly or disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds. The third is disorderly conduct in a Capitol building. Uh, It seems like... uh, (laughs) A, a little redundancy there. And then the final charge is parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. Now, I can tell you authoritatively because we have also, my myself and my Blaze team of video analysts, we have been granted an uh, unprecedented amount of access to the Capitol CCTV viewing room. And we have and, that, and, that, and that's thanks to the current speaker, right, Mike Johnson? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, he he and, and the Oversight Committee Chairman, uh, Barry Loudermilk, have been very gracious in giving us that access. And so the, um, the, the, because of this access to this viewing room, we've been able to harvest every second of me inside the Capitol building that day. And I can tell you authoritatively, with absolutely no hesitation, that the second, third, and fourth charge that I read off to you never happened. I never picketed. I never paraded. I wasn't wearing any Trump gear. I wasn't wearing any political paraphernalia of any kind. I committed no disorderly conduct in the Capitol building of any kind. But the first charge is the most curious one because that's the glorified trespassing charge where it says that you knowingly entered or remained in a restricted building. This is what I was going to say earlier. You know better than I do that by law, no journalist, credentialed or otherwhere, Wise, mainstream, independent, a stringer working for the New York Times or BuzzFeed, nobody has a right as a journalist to enter a restricted area without permission from law enforcement. I actually posed that question to the FBI agent this morning who was sitting with me in the back seat of the car in transport, and he said, you are exactly right, to which I said to him, you realize that there were 60 other gen- uh, journalists who entered through those broken windows and doors that day? 
and that only those of us on the right are being charged. And he said, well, that's not good. Hmm. Did it seem like those FBI agents really wanted to do what they were doing or sort of uh, motivated and energized by what they were doing or they just were walking straight ahead? Well, you know, the, the first thing that I did is I shook their hands. Um, I, I defied the uh, AUSA, the, the uh, assistant U.S. attorney's instructions for me to show up in. Uh, and I'm not kidding you. This is an email to my attorney. They gave me the instructions to show up this morning at 7 a.m. in the cold in shorts, a T-shirt and flip flops. Obviously, wow. the inference by that was it would be easier for me to change into my orange jumpsuit and to put on the leg chains. Um, but I did, I defied that I showed up in a suit and tie. And, um, of course, obviously before we entered, I had to take the tie off the belt off. I had to take the laces out of my shoes, but they did allow me to remain in my own clothes. Uh, when they started the pat down inside, I actually started asking them questions about how many, you know, uh, special agent, uh, how many misdemeanor, uh, offenders do you actually put through this in a day? And they mumbled something. And then I said, well, let me be more clear. I said, does the FBI usually deal with misdemeanor offenders? And the answer, of course, to that, Mark, is they never have in the history of the FBI until January 6th. Mm-hmm. And uh, the judge, so-called judge, how, how did the judge treat you? Uh, the, the judge was fine. He was just there to read through my charges and read through uh, my restrictions and uh, clarify from the government that there was not going to be any request for them to detain me. Uh, and he was he was an older gentleman taking his dear old time. <laughs> he could have done it in about a third of the time that he spent. But um, he was he was fine. And uh, after I was put back in the as I said earlier, after I was put back in the cage, it took about an hour for him to get the paperwork to the marshals uh, so that they could release me. Mm-hmm. You have a family? I have uh, two grown children, and uh, they are um, proud of me. They were following this all day. It was trending on Twitter. Um, I, I've never I've never trended on Twitter before until today. Not, I certainly would not be the reason I would want to. But uh, they were following it all day, and, and when I got my phone back and could receive my messages from them, they were they said, "Dad, we love you, and and we're behind you, and uh, you know it, you're 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 the guy for this time." Mm-hmm. And um, did they place travel restrictions on you? What kind of restrictions? Well, the only one of any significance is that they are going to, uh, I do have to give up my, my firearms. But um, unlike most of the January 6th defendants, because my job takes me about 50% of the time to, to the Capitol, to D.C. itself, uh, with most of the investigations that I'm working on right now take place in D.C. And so we were expecting that they would, um, they would, put that that restriction on me because they've done that to a hundred percent of the other January 6th defendants that did not live in the district have been restricted from going to the district. And we expected that. And my attorneys were salivating over the opportunity to fight that. But as it turned out, I guess the, uh, the government uh, thought that one through and said, eh, maybe this is a fight we don't want because he does do his job there. And, uh, and they did not put that restriction. Otherwise, um, I don't have any restrictions on my travel except for out of the country. I just have to notify 
anytime I leave town, I have to uh, uh, notify them where I'm going. Did the judge know that you're a journalist? I, 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 that, this was never brought up in, in court today. It, was, it, it wasn't that type of hearing, so he was not notified of that by either my attorneys or by the government. But the government knows you're a journalist. Yes, of course. They, and I'll tell you, this is this is really interesting. Do you know that when the FBI did and scheduled my first appearance or my first um, interview back in July of 21, they had to abort the first scheduled interview because they were interdicted from D.C. from their higher ups. They got a phone call and said, you can't interview him. He's a member of the press. We have to get permission from the office of the United States Attorney General. Written, not written permission to admit, to actually interrogate or interview a member of the press. And so it took another two or three months before that proffer agreement was negotiated between my attorney and the U.S. Uh, attorney General's office for me to do my voluntary interview. So the Attorney General of the United States, having worked for one, obviously knew of what was taking place here. His staff, his underlings were involved in this negotiation, Correct. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I assume your attorney raised some First Amendment issues and so forth, and yet that wasn't persuasive enough to get them to back off fully, was it? No, it, it wasn't. As a matter of fact, when they first threatened me with uh, prosecution, it was in November of 21, and the first email we got from the assistant U.S. attorney, Anita Eve, out of Philadelphia she said and informed my attorney that her client, meaning me, or his client rather, would be charged within the week. That's an exact quote. And then she also said that I was going to be charged with interstate racketeering. Mm. And the reason that we, <laughs> well, I was going to be charged with interstate racketeering because my work, my videos had been licensed to news services all over the world. My videos have been used in the HBO documentary, New York Times documentary, and a dozen other documentaries, including, as I said, news. But what does that have to do with racketeering? Well, that was the, the the inference was is that somehow I knew that there was going to be an illegal activity in D.C. that day, and I deliberately drove mm. from my home in North Carolina across state lines to D.C in collusion with other people for the purpose of making a profit off an illegal event. Boy, that is a stretch. That's just unbelievable, and they do this yeah. all the time. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously, they did some research on the Blaze. Obviously, they know I'm involved in the Blaze and Glenn Beck and some other prominent, if you don't mind, conservatives are involved in the Blaze. Do you think that's one of the reasons they decided to pick on you? No, the reason they decided to pick on me, uh, Mark, is because I have done more damage to the narrative of January 6th than any other investigative journalist so far with the stories that we have revealed through the blaze in the last several months. That's an excellent point. So just to push back against this effort to silence you and intimidate you and, frankly, to imprison you, if people want to read your work, this information you just talked about, exposing what took place on that day, where do they go? They can go to theblaze.com forward slash truth. The, the Blaze has um, actually set up a an actual landing page with all the links to all of my articles, all of my videos related to our investigations into January 6th. So it's blaze.com or theblaze.com forward slash truth. 
Mr. Producer, please put that up on all our social sites because we're not going to be silenced. We want to look at your work. We want to spread it all over the country. And we're going to stay on top of this, Steve Baker, a Blaze Media reporter. I've never spoken to you before, have I? No, you haven't. And I really am thankful and appreciative that you would have me on today, Mark. No, no, no. We're thankful for you. Uh, What's being done to you is horrendous. The police state is completely out of control. They're trying to put a former president in prison. Uh, They're trying to destroy all the lawyers who represented Donald Trump at any, you know, litigation whatsoever. They're trying to destroy them, take their licenses away, prosecute them. These are very dark, grave times in the United States of America. And whatever I can do to expose it and what they're doing to you, who gets caught up in this, and so many other people did, is very, very important. So we'll keep monitoring this and make sure Tyler keeps me informed, okay? Fantastic. We will do that for sure. Now, are you having to raise legal fees? No, I'm not. I'm, uh, I've actually been quite blessed. I have a team of attorneys who believe in this cause that have been following my work. Some of my work has assisted them in some of the January 6th trials. And as a result of that, I've actually had to turn down legal assistance uh, from those who have been wanting to um, join the team. Right now I have six attorneys uh, that are working for us on this particular uh, project or case uh, and in my defense. And um, we will be, of course, uh, be in a position to better strategize what our next steps are going forward after we learn who the judge is now. because. As you know, in these January 6th trials, some of these judges are, are reasonable or have more common sense, but some of them are... are well, I'm running out of time. Will this trial, if there is a trial, take place in Dallas or Washington? Uh, it'll have to take place in, in Washington unless we become the, the first ones to oh, successfully uh, get a change of venue. Yeah. Well, I would just tell you this. If you have a Philadelphia assistant U.S. attorney accusing you of racketeering... That is uh, intrastate activity. Uh, It seems to me, if that's still standing, and it doesn't sound like it is, but they may have given up the uh, jurisdictional Washington. Anyway, your lawyers will figure that out. Steve Baker, God bless you. We'll keep track of this, and we'll want to have you back. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. All right. We appreciate you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. 
Now that was a shocking interview. And that is a uh, real-life example of what's happening in this country today. And when you hear Biden going on about democracy and you hear MSNBC and CNN, they don't believe in democracy. They believe in totalitarianism, where only they get to speak. Everybody else is to be destroyed. Only they can run a candidate without their candidate being yanked from ballots. Where their candidate is immune from all the allegations and charges and the lawfare that's taking place against our candidate. You're watching the unraveling and the deterioration of our country. That's why it's so important that we reject the Nikki Haley's and the Chris Christie's. We reject the Paul Ryan's and the Mitt Romney's. We reject the weak underbelly of the Republican Party because they're doing enormous damage by giving aid and comfort to this movement. And it's a revolution. It's a Marxist slash Islamist revolution. That's what it is. Some people are getting rich off it on MSNBC and CNN, writing books, getting rich off it. On The View, John Carl, Stephanopoulos, and the other reprobates. But nonetheless, they're sowing the seeds of what's taking place in this country. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Thanks for being here. The... Last hour of the week for this program. And then, of course, we start in Saturday with Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern. Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget to watch us. Uh, we love to have you. Bloomberg, U.S. sees China's space threat growing at breathtaking pace. What are we doing about it? Nothing. Iran will have seven nuclear weapons. What are we doing about it? Well, we're trying to destroy Israel, which is the only country that's trying to do something about it. It's really, uh, it's really horrendous what's taking place right now. But it is taking place. So let's take a look at this. 
China is growing its military capabilities in space at breathtaking pace, quote-unquote, to counter the American satellites in orbit and improve its ability to monitor and target forces on Earth. According to the head of the U.S. Space Command, there's another creation of Donald Trump. Gets no credit for it. America's top strategic challenger is seeking to develop advanced space weaponry and making advances in satellite, meteorology, human spaceflight, and robotic space exploration, General Stephen Whiting said during a hearing in front of the Senate Armed Services Committee yesterday. Have you heard anything about this? No. Whiting's warnings delivered during a hearing on future military budgeting priorities highlights Washington's focus on China as its biggest economic and security threat, a geopolitical competition that ramped up under former Donald Trump, president, has been sustained by Joe Biden's administration. Actually, it didn't ramp up under Trump. It ramped up under Xi. God, the media in this country. So sick. We're going to wake up one day. Iran's going to have nukes. You're going to have hosts on TV and radio. I've been warning about this, warning about not one that I'm aware of, maybe one or two, has said a damn thing about it. Certainly not a focus. This is how they play. I don't play this way. We got a problem. China's satellite fleet, they have a satellite fleet, is more than tripled from 2018 to 359 systems, Whiting said in his prepared remarks, adding that some of its newly deployed satellites may be able to function as weapons that can disrupt the orbit of U.S. assets. Beijing is also developing hypersonic glide vehicles, other advanced space weaponry to overcome traditional missile warning and defense systems. Folks, China's at war with us. It's not yet a shooting war, but they're at war. Their entire economy, government, political system is focused at defeating us. And we have a lame brain buffoon in the Oval Office. China is growing its military space and counter space capabilities at breathtaking pace to deny America and allied space capabilities when they so choose, said the general. Mr. Biden, is this leading story anywhere? Is Iran that's about to have seven nuclear weapons, is that a leading story anywhere? Most concerning about China's accelerated emphasis on space weapons, said General Whiting. Quote, is the way China has clinically studied us at our dependency on space and is rapidly building programs to threaten the U.S. satellite architecture. China's intentions are often obscured through so-called dual-use technologies, academic programs with ambiguous research tracks, and commercial endeavors that can also enhance military capabilities, said General Whiting. I want to repeat this. Peter Schweitzer's book, Blood Money is being censored by media platforms and by certain hosts. Let me just say this in a friendly way. Every host on Fox should be having, every show on Fox should have Peter Schweitzer. Because he's not going to get anywhere else. CNN, MSNBC, Sunday shows, every one of them. Because to fail to do this and not just Fox, all conservative sites and so forth, talk radio, means he can't get his message out in the enormously important research. This is a patriot. So there's no excuse. None. 
And he's got so much information in his book, it's not like one interview will sound like the next. Just read the book, which a lot of hosts don't like to do. General Whiting also focused on Russia, saying the loss of conventional military offensive capabilities because of the war in Ukraine will be hard to restore and force Moscow to be more reliant on nuclear, cyber, and space capabilities, including disruptive technologies that may provide asymmetric pathways to achieve their strategic goals. We already see that. China earlier this week unveiled plans for a major increase in the expected pace of its space missions this year, setting the country on course to be the world's second most active launcher behind only Elon Musk's SpaceX. Thank God for Elon Musk, who, by the way, they're trying to put out of business, too. A record 100 Chinese missions are expected in 2024. State media reported recently up more than 40% from last year. This is a nation that is in a cold war with us and preparing to blackmail us, to threaten us. State-run China Aerospace Science and Technology Corporation, its top space contractor, will conduct more than 70 missions and send more than 290 satellites and spacecraft into orbit. This is just next year. Now, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, was making a fortune off these communist Chinese. The Biden family was making a fortune off these communist Chinese. That family has sold us out. And the idea that the that the patriarch of the family, his name being thrown around, his power in Washington, his position as vice president, now president, that he didn't know anything, you have to be either Jake Tapper or Jamie Raskin, a Marxist, or anybody like them to pretend otherwise. Chinese government is also working on a new launch complex in Hainan, designed for commercial missions and wants to have its first crew mission to the moon before 2030. Remember during Clinton when the Chinese couldn't even get a missile off the ground? Remember all that? And uh, major corporate uh, contributors to the Clinton and the Clinton campaign and the Clinton library later? Remember all that? Remember violations of our export control regime? Remember all that? The Democrats. Just, it's just, it, it's sickening beyond belief. What they do, what they do to our country, and then they lie about it, and lie about it, and lie about it. What they do to our voting system, what they do to our economic system. They don't like the combustion engine. They don't like the appliances that you have in your home. They don't like your automobiles. I mean, who the hell are these people? This is supposed to be a limited government. Who the hell do these people think they are? And they're, they're disgusting media mouthpieces. The uh, Anti-Defamation League has been hijacked by a radical leftist who was a special assistant to Barack Obama. It no longer is concerned about anti-Semitism. It is concerned that Republicans lose and Democrats win under the leadership of this man, Jonathan Greenblatt. Mr. Greenblatt, you're welcome to come on this program, but be prepared. I have the whole book on you. The fact is that Mr. Greenblatt was special assistant to one of the biggest anti-Israel, anti-Semites to ever serve in the Oval Office, Obama. 
only to be superseded by Biden. But he has the same crowd around him, and Greenblatt knows it. And there he is, head of the ADL, destroying the mission of the ADL. And so, of course, he goes after CPAC. CPAC. He doesn't go after the Democrat Party, the DNC, and Biden, who are in bed with the Islamists. Coalition for Jewish Values. Rabbis call out ADL for slanderous attacks. The Coalition for Jewish Values, representing over 2,500 traditional Orthodox rabbis in matters of American public policy, today called out ADL CEO Obama hack Jonathan Greenblatt for slanderous attacks after he took on the recent conservative political action conference. In a post on X, Mr. Greenblatt likened, quote, disturbing conspiracy theories of neo-Nazis at CPAC to anti-Semitic rants from the Nation of Islam's Louis Farrakhan and frenzied protesters targeting Barry Weiss and Jerry Seinfeld in New York City. Well, Rabbi Yaakov Menken says, last week I attended my sixth CPAC representing Coalition for Jewish Values and felt even more welcome than previously. Its website announces that CPAC stands with Israel. The general session included a panel on campus anti-Semitism, another featuring the father of an Israeli hostage, which my wife and I were involved in. And of course, there was the Shabbat at CPAC program, which Nick Fuentes attempted to disrupt last year after being ejected from the main conference by CPAC. Against all the foregoing, Mr. Greenblatt attempts to characterize the conference based upon intruders who got past security instead of its events and speakers. That is gratuitous slander. Gratuitous slander, Mr. Greenblatt. That's what you're good at. You and you pukes on the left. You should resign immediately. We have no time for left-wing slugs like you, Mr. Greenblatt. Resign immediately and turn the ADL COO, CEO position over to a legitimate individual who has the best interests of America and the Jewish people in this country at heart. Not your radical, ideological, Obama-Biden agenda, you jerk. Funny, you weren't at CPAC, were you? Where are you? You creep. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. It's a pleasure to have on our program a conservative, although, of course, they're lying about him and trying to undermine him, Trent Staggs who's running for the open seat to replace Mitt Romney. And they have a convention process there, TrentStags.com. That's his site. Trent, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great, Mark. So good to, so good to be with you. It's good to see you at CPAC. Um, what do you make of these sort of rhinos ruling class Republicans? So we're trying to pretend that you're not actually who you are. Well, you know what? I got to hand it to you. You're the one that called it, right? Um, yeah. When we first were on the program, and it's it's true. Uh, so just days after me calling for Mitch McConnell uh, to that, that I would not support Mitch McConnell, and I rallied many other of the candidates in this race to commit to do the same because I think voters deserve that. They need to know where somebody is going to stand. You know, days after that, they try to come out with some attack piece and and try to say that I'm not a conservative and that I affiliated with some other groups that were questionable when we've got many conservatives that have done the same. 
Um, that's just what we expect. We expect them to do that. The establishment is definitely scared. Uh, they don't want me in office. Uh, they know that I'm somebody who's going to stand up, going to push back against the cabal. And, uh, you know, but Utahns, they're smart. They know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know who I am. I've been in office now 10, going on 11 years. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm well known. And uh, they, they trust that I am somebody that will go back there and push back because that's what has typified my career now for, for over 10 years. You came out early on, even before Romney said he's stepping aside, and you said, I'm running in this race, whether Romney's in or not. If I got to run against Romney, I'll run against Romney, that's for sure. And um, so you stood up early. I've endorsed you. They've vetted you. You're a very, very stand-up guy, and uh, I think you're a very strong candidate. How does, how does it look right now in that convention process with these others who are also seeking this position? Well, I got to tell you, it, um, your endorsement, Mark, has gone a long way. I really appreciate that. And, and coming out as early as I did and being that Romney challenger, you know, exhibiting not just in my 10 years in elected office the type of backbone and resolve that I have to stand up to the establishment, but doing it in the way in which I've administered and run my campaign, being the only one to stand up and challenge Mitt Romney. You're right. We were going to do it no matter what. We said we cannot continue with this person as our junior senator in the state of Utah. We need Utah deserves another conservative like Mike Lee. And that's, um, you know, we, we were willing to take him on. And that has really resonated with folks, uh, our, our delegates, that will make a decision at our state convention as to who they want to be the Republican nominee. And that has really resonated with folks. They, they love the way that I had that courage to stand up, uh, push back against uh, Mitt. I said, look, enough is enough. Uh, this guy had promised that he would do certain things, balance budget, end illegal immigration, stop federal spending and overreach, uh, confirm conservative justices to the court. And that's been his, his, uh, his experience here and his record has proven just the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so um, that has really, really resonated. So we're doing great. I think we've got uh, we're in the lead amongst uh, delegates and those that will go to our convention. Uh, they definitely want uh, me in there and be able to work with Senator Lee. And let's move forward. Let's get President Trump back in office and have this contingent of America first constitutional conservative senators and, and congressmen and women that are going to. Uh, stop us from falling off the cliff with the three-plus years we've had of this horrific Biden administration. And you know, Trent Staggs, if we can't get conservatives out of states like, you know, Utah, Idaho, South Carolina, and so forth, you got to wonder where the hell they're going to come from, right? Absolutely. I mean, we we are an incredibly conservative state. We, we should be leading out. Um, and and producing, you know, the types of uh, senators like Mike Lee that are going to be in there and stand up for us and 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 move the country in a in a different direction because the establishment has really just uh, just led us to the brink here and we we have to have people stand up. And you and I talked about this at CPAC. It was great to be able to visit with you and 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 we we're there. We're at this point. We have to have people in office that know what time it is. And they're going to stand up for everyday Americans and not go back to D.C. just to ingratiate themselves with that culture and the uniparty and just try to enrich themselves. And just don't care about average Mm -hmm. everyday Americans. We need people that are going to truly represent us 
that's what I've done for over 10 years here in my great community and want to take that back to Washington. Um, as you as you said when we first spoke, that I have that kind of Mr. Smith goes to Washington type of, of background, and um, we, that's that's something that we need more of in D.C., and I'm, I'm humbled and honored to have the support that we do. If people want to help you, Trent Staggs, because it's, it's a grind, and you're going to need the resources and so forth, where do they go? They can go to TrentStags.com. That's S-T-A-G-G-S, TrentStags.com, and uh, help us, uh, support us. You know, I've gotten support from patriots and conservatives all across this country, and I'm very, very humbled to receive that. Even though, you know, if you're outside the state of Utah, this is still a very, very important seat. We get to effectively f- have a flip here in the U.S. Senate by getting rid of mm-hmm. Mitt Romney and putting in another constitutional conservative. I'm out of time, Trent Staggs, but I'm guessing Mitt Romney is going to work against you every way humanly possible, which is why you need as much support you can get. TrentStags.com, Trent, S-T-A-G-G-S.com. It's on all my social sites. We want to have you back. Take care of yourself and get out there door and door, baby. Take care. Thank you. All right. That's Trent Staggs. He's a really good man. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Let's take some calls. Eric, Chapin, South Carolina, the great WVOC. Go right ahead, Eric. Mark Levin, it's Chapin, South Carolina. Oh, I thought you were chafing. Go right ahead. Uh, Chapin. Yes, sir. You know, my my question is... um, this bill that's gone through the Senate and then Congress has it held up, which is a great thing. Um, the cartels are wishing for this bill to go through where there's only 5,000 people allowed through a day. And I know some of it's discretionary and more can come through, but what a premium they get allowed to have and, mm-hmm. and how much price per head are they going to be allowed to charge? Mm-hmm. That's a good question, isn't it? people whatever they want i guess these people i'm in construction i've been in construction a long long time i don't Mm -hmm. swing a hammer i used to when i was a young man but i've worked around a a lot of wonderful hispanics most of them mexican Mm -hmm. and they have stories of rape in their families of people missing in their families it's Mm -hmm. very very concerning well, don't you think if we had a functioning process we used to for immigration, then we can accept immigrants from Mexico or anywhere else. We have to vet them. We have to have a certain number, a cap. Uh, we need to make sure that they have allegiance to the United States and want to be, you know, patriotic members of this country. Instead of Venezuelan gangs, MS-13 gangs, uh, drug cartels, fentanyl, the communist Chinese and all the rest. I mean, I don't think anybody's opposed to a rational immigration system. We had it, but the Democrats blew it up. They blew up our voting system. They've blown up our, our law enforcement system. They're blowing up the United States military. They're blowing up our economic system. They're blowing up everything. They're blowing up everything. They are setting a match to this entire society 
I've explained it. It's American Marxism. This is a counter-revolution to the American Revolution. It is Marxist. It is Islamist. It's taking place right now. And it has a home and protection and subsidies and support by the Democrat Party. Thank you for your call, my friend. Let's go to Mike. Detroit, Michigan, WJR. Mike, go right ahead, please. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Mark. You know, Mm -hmm. I know you're a student of history. And when you look at the Reichstag fire, this is Mm -hmm. like this uh, January 6th uh, Stalinist show trial and all the rest of it is like the Reichstag fire without a fire. You know, they're using this false narrative that President Trump, um, you know, instigated and carried out. You know, an armed insurrection to overthrow the government of the United States. It's just ridiculous on the face of it. But they're actually used that for mass surveillance and mass incarceration without trial. And people need to remember this. They occupied our nation's capital with the military using this false narrative. This was an unconstitutional an illegal order that would have been refused by 90% of our military officers in, in this country. They're using that same... Well, I'm not sure what you mean by that, that last aspect. Obviously, there are statutes in place, including the Insurrection Act, that allow a president to call up the National Guard or the military. Uh, there's the posse comitatus uh, rule and law that's involved in order to try and protect us from a uh, out-of-control president calling up the military. But it was Donald Trump who offered the National Guard to protect the Capitol building, and it was the Democrats who turned it down. So I'm with you to a point, uh, but I just think it goes a little too far. Thank you for your call. There you go. Who's the next caller here? Let's see. My email fell out, Mr. Producer. Let's see who we have here. I can't hear you. Gary on Staten Island. Go right ahead. Gary? Oh, thank you, Mark. And uh, you sent me a copy of your American Marxism. I appreciate it. You got it. Um, I have a historical question about the state of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh Somewhere I read that a number of founders of the state of Israel were socialists. Correct. And I know that, uh, obviously, to say the least, uh, Mark Levine uh, does not like socialism. That's right. Uh, your comment. That's about one of the stupidest points I've ever heard. I don't like slavery either. And many of our founders own slaves. What does that have to do with anything? Ben-Gurion was a socialist, a European socialist. Menachem Begin was not. Menachem Begin fought for the existence of Israel. Many people did. A lot of the Europeans who were involved were socialists. That's what their backgrounds are. Many of them were not. Um, But the greatest prime ministers, Menachem Begin won, and uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, they're capitalists. Thanks for your call. I don't know where that's coming from. Do you, Mr. Bruce? I don't even know what that means. That said, that has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on today. Zero. What's going on today is I have about 20 things Joe Biden has done to throw a lifeline to Hamas terrorists. And I dare to go online and read their mission statement. It's part of the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood is the multi-head 
monster that created Islamic Jihad, the Hamas, that created ultimately the Palestinian Liberation Organization, Al-Qaeda, in some respects ISIS. It's based in Egypt, was based in Egypt, Arafat was born in Egypt. And as bad as Obama was, and he was horrific, Joe Biden is now openly siding with them. He's using their numbers. So is his Secretary of Defense. So is his Secretary of State. He's using China and Russia at the UN to go against Israel and its defenses. We've never seen anything like this. Our government's now investigating a company that builds a key part, an essential part for the Iron Dome, which is a purely defensive mechanism for Israel to defend its main cities from Hezbollah, Iran, the Houthis, and Hamas shooting missiles. They're conducting a war crimes investigation of Israel. They've issued two executive orders aimed only at the Jews in Judea and Samaria, two of whom were murdered today by terrorists near the original capital of the indigenous Jews of that area, Shiloh. They were shot dead at a gas station. You hear nothing about that from Biden and the State Department. Today you heard a report from NBC News and the other media where a number of Palestinians in Gaza died because they were trampled to death by their own people, among other things, in pursuit of food that was being provided at the behest of Israel. Hamas steals 60% of the food, 60% of the medicine, leaving very little left. Biden knows this. His administration knows it. And still the Israelis allow it. And so what happened was they had this, this terrible, terrible situation. People were trampled to death. There was gunfire, but it came from Hamas, who steals the food and the medicine. The IDF said, we didn't shoot anybody. Yet NBC News this morning, when you woke up, they accused the Israelis of killing Gazans, as they put it. And I'm waiting for an apology from NBC News. I'm waiting for an apology from Comcast. Maybe many of you have Comcast as your cable provider. Comcast owns NBC. Comcast owns MSNBC. Will we get an apology or meet the press this Sunday? For that blood libel, that slander by NBC. Biden says, well, we're going to do, have our Air Force now drop food to Gaza. That would be Joe Biden who's thrown in with Rashida Tlaib, a Hitlerian. And he's thrown in with the Islamists. And he's thrown in with the river to the sea crowd. He's a disgusting embarrassment. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Joy Behar 
That's a very lucky lady. May I call her a lady or do I have to call her it, Mr. Producer? She receives millions of dollars for being one of the dumbest human beings on the planet. Just thought I'd mention that. In honor of you, America, every Friday, here we go. Liberty and Levin, Saturday and Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Two really, really good shows. I think you're going to appreciate them. If you don't know if you're going to be able to watch them live, so you can set your DVR right now. 
but you can send it for every week. So please go ahead and do it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, freedom fighters. We salute the men and women in Ukraine, the men and women in Israel, our brothers and sisters. Good night. Good night, Sprite. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi and Indy and Patton. Good night, Rory, Barney, and Marty. God. Good night, Dad and Mom. Good night, Leo and Joe. And good night, America. I'll see you tomorrow.